Amen. Amen. If you know he done something for you. If he knows he been good to you. If you know who woke you up this morning. Started you on your way. Kept your clothes in your right mind. Gave you the use and activity of your limbs. Then you ought to praise him. And magnify our God. Because he's worthy. To be praised. I don't know about you. I know he's worthy. To be praised. That's right. You got to learn how to just get with you and God sometimes. Not worrying about it. Is everybody else getting with him? You get with him. And if you get with him, somebody key off you. So they can get with him. Because everybody ain't been through the same thing this week. You might have come through your victory. You might have come through your issue. You might have come through your problem. So you're ready to praise him. Somebody else might be still going through the storm. And trying to get their mind right to focus on. They know he's good. But sometimes the pressures of this world can get so heavy on you. And tell you, 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 you open your mouth but nothing seems to come out. And that's why God said in Hebrews 10, 27, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as some did. What he's trying to say is, is that as the days go on and on and get worse and worse, you're going to need somebody to help you to remember the good days. Help you to remember to praise him. Help you to remember to magnify him. Because we're human beings. We got a short attention span. He might have been good a month ago, but now it's another month. But God is still in the blessing business. And that's just how I feel about him. That's it. That's just me. I want to let you know that even this morning, the devil been picking on some folk. We've been having phone call after phone call. Sister, where's Gina DeShield? She ain't here. Sister Dina, Gina's DeShield call. Brother Thea, I need somebody to teach the Bible class. I got hit by a car. She's okay. She's okay. But she had to wait for the, the police officers to come. Then 10 minutes later, another phone call comes in. Brother Roy Ballard and his family. Brother Bethia, while I was asleep last night, somebody hit my car. Woke up this morning, it's kind of messed up. So I want y'all to pray for me and the family. I want you also to pray for, didn't know last night when my wife came home from a long week of, of, of activities, the bugs started getting her. And I had to get her some Alka-Seltzer Plus and fix it up a little bit. And, yeah. and she was sweating and feverish and everything. Told her to lay down. So you pray for her. Yeah. Pray for her because the devil gets busy sometimes. Amen. You know it's raining outside and Brother Lucas can't be here because he can't drive in that rain. Right. Right. So we know here. Then we got some folk down in Sandtown trying to help to get that work going and standing on his own feet. But, 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 but God is still good. Don't, 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 listen, I don't listen, listen, listen. It does not matter if some seats that usually are full or aren't full today, you praise him. You magnify him. You glorify him. Because he's your God. Amen. You do it. That's right. I'm standing for me and Sister Bethia. I might have to scream today. That's right. Good to have everybody here on the day. Got my. Son and his family in up from, from, from Virginia Beach. And just good to have. Got my new grandbaby with him. Grandbaby 
29 days old. I just, I got a little teeny little doll baby looking baby. I was thinking, I said, wait a minute. There they come. There they come. Here they come. Here they come. I don't know where my big daughter is. She meant she ain't come down from York, Pennsylvania this morning. That's all right. Now, now I want to say this. Now, I was thinking, 29 days old. I said, now, back in the day, you couldn't even come out the house until 8 to 12 weeks. But I've noticed in this generation, they can't do the eight weeks. That's right. They can't do the eight. They can't do the eight weeks. That, that, they do it's anywhere between the time the baby born and, <laughs> and, and, and and four weeks. If I feel good, it's good. And even the doctors, okay. the doctors used to say no, but now they say, oh, okay. Well, as long as you feel all right and as long as the baby is healthy, I'm like, okay. That times change. Time's changing, time's changing. I'm just so thankful for Anna and Anisha and the baby for being down here because I got a present. Amen. 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 And I also just want to let you know to please continue to pray for the Bethia Hawkins family. As we funeralized our loved one on yesterday, um, everything went well, everything went well. I'm just so thankful to God for all that he has done in that situation. There's going to be some crying and, and, and some, some, some getting over there because uh, uh, he was a good man. He even came down, set through a foundation of faith class. We had him on a hook. He, he was fighting. We were fighting. We had him on. I don't know. The hook broke. Pop. But we let God take care of the rest of that. Because he's a, he's a fine God. He's a mighty God. Also, the fifth Sunday of this month, don't forget about the combined worship service. Eight and, eight, eight, eight and uh, 11 coming together at 11 o'clock. And it is also family and friends day. Right. So, so those folks you've been trying to get out, invite them again. Tell them they need to come and hear the gospel according to the word of God. Right. Invite them out here. And if they say, I can't come, I got my church to go to at, at 11 o'clock. Tell them we got a 3 or 3.30 service. That's right. And let them know you'll come and pick them up right. and bring them out Amen. that they may hear an evangelistic message by Brother Marcus Martin from the Beltway Church of Christ. Is that all right? So bring them out. And, and, and guess what? And, and we're going to have continental breakfast and we're going to feed you afterwards to keep you around and make sure you're back here at 3.30. I learned that that experienced preachers know don't let them out. They'll say, I'll be back, but you know, life, life get them out there. So let's make spaghetti and meatballs right here. Keep them around so they can stay and bring their friends and their, and their loved ones and bring them back out to hear the word. Is that all right? Open up your Bibles to Exodus. Exodus chapter number three. I don't want to forget about, and I don't see it here, but I don't want to forget about the precious soul that obeyed the gospel of Christ on last week, Cheyenne McDonald, uh, uh, China, do I say Cheyenne? China, China, uh, so pray for her, pray for her mom, pray for her family, um, um, and that God will bless her to be able to worship the great God of heaven in spirit and in truth, so we're going to ask God to do that for us. The Bible says in Exodus chapter number three, verses one through four, Exodus chapter three, verses one through four, and uh, the Bible read, we've already read it to your hearing. I want to read it one more time for emphasis sake. 
Now Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the backside of the desert and came to the mountain of God, even to Horeb. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. And he looked and behold, the bush burned with fire and the bush was not consumed. And Moses said, I will now turn aside to see this great sight while the bush is not burnt. And when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called unto him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, here am I. I want to help you to understand through our lesson today that everything starts with one person. Everything starts with one person. The world started with a man named Adam. After everything got messed up then, then it's, did, did God, after God destroyed the world, then he talked to a man named Noah. Later on, when things got real rough, we have to move into to, to another, another dispensation. He sent his son, Jesus. Right, right. God always used different men. You know, uh, whenever God deals with individuals, we got to realize that many times when you are born, that does not mean that's how you're going to turn out. Because God can bring, God can choose you at birth, but use you in adulthood. In fact, he can choose you at birth, but you go on, look like you're going off point. But he already got the plan to bring you back on point. He just let you go off point. To, to do, to, he, you went off point for a purpose that you thought was your purpose, but still was for his purpose. And then he brought you back on point. How do you know, Brother Bethia? Look at the Apostle Paul. Paul was called before the foundations of the world. But to read his story, he was off point, except that he loved the Jews and his people. But when it came to the real mission of Christ, he was off point. But God called his name. Look at when you're dealing with uh, Abraham. Abraham was started off Gentile. Before Y'all may not know that. It wasn't always Jews. The first the book of Genesis is dealing with Gentiles. That a particular family is going to start the Jewish nation. But they're Gentiles. They're people, but Gentiles. Then you look at somebody like Jeremiah. When God called his name from a young age. Look at Isaiah. God called his name. For a, he's a child. He said, I'm a child, but call him from a young age. All I'm trying to say is that God can use and start out with one person to do great things for him, but he has to teach the one person how to overcome themselves. See, a lot of times, our greatness that God want to use for his glory is held up by our Focusing on our imperfections rather than God's power. 
See, when you look at the story, when you understand the story, that's exactly what happened in this story that we're in right now. See, it all starts with one. The title of my sermon is, When God Calls Your Name. When God calls you. If you are here, the Bible said in the book of Thessalonians, that we are called by the gospel. So if you're here today, he called your name. Now what you going to do? Now you know that he called your name. The Bible tells us here, and you know the story, Moses started when the, uh, when, when the Pharaoh ordered that all the male children in Egypt be killed. But God chose to rescue this one infant and brought him down the river and have Pharaoh's daughter find him. Why you do that, God? Because I'm going to use this child, but before I use this child, I need to give him some education. So I'm going to send him down the river and put him in the highest family with the best schooling there is. So he sent them down at Pharaoh's daughters, find them, and raised him up as her daughter, making him, in effect, a prince of Egypt. Oh my God, I didn't get that right there. He was destined for death. But God said, I'm going to use this man. Send them down the river, have Pharaoh's daughter find him. And look at this baby. It was something about this baby that made her say, he mine. Y'all ain't, ain't got it yet. She could have said, oh, this is one of the Hebrew children. And my father has put out a decree that all the Hebrew baby boys be killed. So I can't keep this baby because my dad said a decree is out there and I be going against the law of the land to keep this baby. She could have easily did that. But something about this baby made her say, I don't care what my daddy said. This is a good looking baby boy. And I'm going to keep this baby boy. And I ain't telling nobody. Why? Because God called his name. Some of you sitting out there, bound for greatness. It's in you, but you just won't get it. You won't get it because you're so wrapped up in your own stuff. Your own stuff that this world, this life bring on you, or you brought on yourself. You're so bound up in it until you won't receive it. But God calls your name. So you can do great things. See, you don't believe one person can do something great. You think it takes a whole group to do something great. But that is not true. Amen. Do you know one person can start some stuff? One person can start some stuff. I'm just trying to tell you, one person can start. You want, I ain't telling you to do this, but you want to start some stuff everywhere you go for 
from now until the end of the year, take your Bible with you. Everywhere you go. And sit it down on the table when you eat. And pick it up. When you go visit mama, put it down. Pick it up. When you go visit cousins, pick it up, down. When you go to Walmart, pick it, put it down. When you go to Sears, put it down. When you go to work, put it down. When you go, when you get in your car, put it down. When you got to go to court, put it down. When you got to go to the doctor, put it down. And watch what happens. You're going to start something. First thing you're going to start is, while you carrying that Bible, everywhere you go. Don't you know that gives you a an opportunity to speak a word now? When somebody want to know why you could say, and look, and especially if you're struggling with stuff, because people, they think that people with, that struggle with stuff ain't got no right to carry the Bible, but the truth is, it's the opposite of that. The people who are going through some stuff are the ones that need to carry the Bible around with them everywhere so it can start a new thing. That's the devil line. Talking about you ain't, oh, you going through stuff you ain't got no right to carry. You got every right. Watch it, watch it now. Look at Moses' life. Moses, before he wound up on this mountain, was a murderer. He was a murderer. Oh, y'all don't believe me. Chapter 2, verse 11. I better show somebody. Chapter 2, verse 11. It said, and it came to pass in those days when Moses was grown that he went out into, unto his brethren and looked on their burdens. And he spied an Egyptian punishing a Hebrew, one of his brethren. And he looked this way. And that way, why? He's up to some stuff. And he saw that there was no man, and he killed him. He slew the Egyptian and hid him in the sand. So the great Moses that God going to use later on was a murderer. Oh, church. Not only that, this prince of Egypt, when he did this, he had to run and get out of there because it was found out what he done. Some of your stuff been found out what you done. But instead of giving it to God, you dwelling on it. You thinking about it. You letting it beat you down. You letting it, you letting it take your victory. You're letting it stop you from being an overcomer rather than just facing the fact that I got an issue, but I got a God that's bigger than this issue. And the minute I turn this issue over to God and start fighting my way back, fighting my way back, somewhere is we, we don't want to fight. We want God to do everything. God ain't doing everything. You got a part and I got a part we got to do as well. Some of your finances are in big trouble. You just want God to magically make all the bills go away. Oh, Lord, I serve you. Make my bills go away. It don't work like that. Now, he will position you to make your bills go away. But you got to fight back. I ain't buying that. I ain't buying this. I'm doubling up on that. 
I'm doubling up on this. I'm going to step back from that. I'm going to step back. You got to fight. If you want to be debt free. But if you are comfortable being miserable with all the bills you got, keep doing what you're doing and you'll get what you got. But you got to fight back. And one person can go from having a lot of debt to having a little bit of debt. Me. One person I told y'all when I used to go to the ATM and put my card in, I had to say a prayer. Y'all know I ain't even get the receipt. I'm scared to look at the receipt. I, I get the, I'm taking the money and run. But until I got it in my mind that I have to change that behavior, I got to change that mindset and start working on fixing the problem rather than covering the problem up. Moses, this prince of Egypt, because of his issues, it says here in verse 3, after he ran away from the throne, it said, now Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law. Y'all see his new occupation? From prince to lowly shepherd. Watch the text now. It said he kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the backside of the desert and came to the mountain of God, even unto Horeb. Listen, some of y'all need to know this too. Moses left Egypt after killing that guy. He was 40 years old. Right now, he's 80 years old. What does that tell me? Stop using age as an excuse. Don't ever say you too old to serve God. Don't ever say my good days are behind me. Don't ever say God can't use me for nothing else. Oh, yes, he can. Long as you got breath in your body and God want to use you, he'll use you. He'll give you a baby at 60 if he choose to do it. That's my God. That's my God. Some of the older sisters looking like that. Oh, I'm gonna go. Oh, yeah. All right. That's my God. Don't tell me what he can't do. Don't tell me that you can't do it. I should have said that last. Some folks might leave. That might leave out right now. So I'm just, I'm just saying what my God can't do. Moses is 80 years old. He's already. Past the average lifespan of his generation. But God allowed him to keep his vitality, keep his strength, keep his keep it, keep, keep him, keep him reasonably healthy. Why? Because he's gonna use one man. He's gonna call the name of this man and use him for his glory. Watch the text now. The Bible says here, if you read a little further, verse 2. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire 
out of the midst of a bush. And he looked, and behold, the bush burned with fire, and the bush was not consumed. Did you read it? The angel of the Lord saw Moses was there and decided to use this bush. Set it on fire, but make it not burn. Why? Because I'm trying to get Moses' attention. Oh, y'all ain't read that. Let me read that again. Let me let you read it. Read it one more time with me. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him. Who's him? Moses. In a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. And he looked and behold, the bush burned with fire, and the bush was not consumed. What are you saying, preacher? God know how to get your attention. God can, listen, listen, he used a burning bush over here. God can get your attention by some other ways if he want to. But let me scare you. Let me scare you a little bit. But he can get it easy way, or he can get it the hard way. It really depends upon the faith of that individual. If you're a person where, if God say run, you say which way and how far, he may do something easy with you. Because he know, he just say boo and you're going to act up. But for those of you out there that he got to come with a two by four. He got to come with a baseball bat. He got to call your name. He got to say Moses. And you're sitting there like, I know he ain't talking to me. <laughs> and then he got to say, you notice how many times he called his name now? He got to say Moses. Moses don't want to turn around. He saw the bush, but he said, uh-oh, something bad, something, something happening here. This is this, this supernatural. God can say, bam! And all of a sudden, bam! Now he say, Moses. That's all I'm trying to say. The bush burned, but was not consumed. He could get Moses the easy way. Because when the bush burned, it was Moses who saw the bush and said, I'm going to investigate this. How many of you, when something is happening in your life that is abnormal, that is not the norm, how many of you, Take the time to see what God, what's God doing right now? Oh, y'all don't hear me. Y'all, Claiborne, they don't hear me. They don't hear me. I believe in God's providential care. That means I believe in God's guiding hand. I believe that all things do work together for good to those who love God and those who are the call according to his purpose. And I understand in that reading, that doesn't mean everything is good. But that everything works together for good. So when I see some crazy stuff going on, I believe that God knows how to make this for my good. But I got to focus on what in the world is going on. How is God trying to bless me in this mess? But Claiborne, but, we, but too many times what we do, we just go get our broom and we take and we start sweeping the mess. And then we put the carpet up 
Yeah, sweep it under the carpet. And then you let the carpet down. And you go put the broom away. And then you come back. Boom! Matt's still right there. Matt's right there. I'm letting you know that Moses, he could have ran the other way. But he was determined to go see this great sight. Watch the text. Watch the text. Then he said here, and Moses said, I will turn now aside and see this great sight while the bush is not burnt. And when the Lord saw that, he turned aside to see. Daddy, when the Lord said, I got his attention. Oh, some of y'all missing y'all blessings because God's trying to get your attention. You won't give him your attention. He's trying to do everything. He's trying to throw some good stuff on you. Maybe that'll get you, you know, throw some bad stuff on you. Maybe to get you, throw both good and bad on you. Maybe that'll get you. He wants your attention. Now, somebody out there saying, well, hold, hold right there, preacher. Now, explain that part right there. See, God, see, well, everybody here agree that you are here because somebody or something brought you the gospel message. Right? Most of you here, every, someone or something, maybe you was in college and somebody brought it to the college. Maybe you at work, somebody brought it to work. Maybe you knew somebody who knew somebody who brought somebody to bring you the gospel. But everybody got the gospel in a certain way. Don't you know that that was by divine providence? Don't you know we live in a world that most folk don't want Jesus? So if God found you special enough, worthy enough to call you by the gospel, you also got to believe that he did not call me out of the world to come and sit in the assembly and be miserable. You got to reject that he called you. God don't do it. He called you in here to sit in the assembly to get some information so you can go to work for him. That's why he called you here to hear this lesson and then go out after you hear this lesson and tell somebody that God called me from my mother's womb to do something special in his kingdom and now I'm ready to get it done. Watch the text. Watch the text. Watch the text. Now the Bible said here, Moses turned aside to see this great sight while the bush was not burned. And when he saw it, and when, and when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see it, God called unto him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And I like this part. Moses ain't run. He ain't ducking hide. He simply says, here I am. Here I am. If we take that part, when God called your name, when God called your name, you got to be ready to answer that call. But sometimes we don't answer that call because the sin that we in, we like it. Sometimes we don't answer that call because the stuff that we in is so tangled up and wound up. Until your mind starts thinking about all it's going to take to unwind this stuff. And I'm scared to unwind some of it because some of this stuff is going to hurt me if I unwind it. But Moses wasn't thinking like that. 
The Bible said he called Moses, and all Moses said was, whatever's happened is big time. This is supernatural. So he said, here am I. But wait a minute. Watch it. Watch the text now. Now, the Bible said he said, draw nigh hither. Come here. Draw nigh hither. Take off your shoes from your feet. Yeah. What, 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 what does that mean? That means prepare yourself. That means prepare. Whenever God is dealing with you, you have to follow God's instructions to see what he's trying to do. And wherever God shows up, it is a spiritual thing. Oh, y'all don't hear me. It's a holy thing when God show up in your life. And, and, and the more you honor and magnify God in this stuff, the more you are recognizing this is a holy thing. That's why whenever stuff is going on in my life, whenever stuff going on in my life bad, I praise him more. Oh, y'all don't hear me. Whenever stuff is going on in my life, I don't go away from God. I pray, I say, Lord, and even if it's Lord, help, Lord. Jesus, you know. I ain't turning back. I don't know what it's all about, but, 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 but I know you. You got this. Father God, in the name of Jesus. Oh, church, watch the text. He said, take your shoes off from your feet, for the place where thy standeth is holy ground. Let me give you an example. I don't think y'all get it. When y'all... We are the assembly of the saints. Amen? Amen. We are God's people. Amen? Amen? And when we come together, we come together to worship and honor God. Is that right? Amen. So if we're coming together to worship and honor God, and we're calling on God to receive our worship and receive our prayer, well, what do you think this is called? This is holy ground. This is old. Oh, y'all. Oh, Lord, have mercy. Oh, Lord. Lord, they don't see it. Y'all think this just church. Y'all think this just, well, come on Sundays at 11 o'clock. Y'all think this just, I'm going to come because if I don't come, somebody going to call me. Uh, or, or I'm coming because I had a bad day last weekend. Maybe if I try to church, uh, maybe something different will happen. Church. If that's how you feel, then we don't even need to do communion. If that's how you feel, if, if this is supposed to be communing with him, connecting with him, if we are not treating this as sacred, as holy, as going before the presence of God, then what in the world are we doing? Then why are we, and we're not here to honor him and say thank you, Lord, and to celebrate all that he's done for us, and at times cry together, at times mourn together, at times rejoice together, at times magnify him. Then why are we here? This is, this is where you're supposed to be escaping the world of mess. This is where you're supposed to take off the pressures of this life at least for two hours from 11 to 1 and get in sync with the almighty, awesome, powerful, great God of heaven. That's why if you ain't here for that, why are you here? 
holy ground. So then we start saying, I went to church. The, the song wasn't right. Mother prayed too long. Communion was too fast. Ann and Joe Bob wasn't there. And then we leave out here. Going home, so I feel the same way. I don't even know why. Ain't nothing happened. You right. Ain't nothing happened for you. You are exactly right. You ain't going to come before God with an attitude and a mindset and a thought life like that and think you're going to come in here and get something from a holy God with an unholy mind. Ain't happening. So you right. Ain't nothing happening for you. Thank you for trying. Thank you for coming. Thank you for getting out your bed and seeing what happened. But guess what? If your mindset was that, ain't nothing happened to you. You were just sitting on the lawn doing nothing. This is holy ground. This is righteous ground. Look at the text. Look at the text. Where are they at? They're on Mount Horeb. Mount Horeb is a range of mountains. Mount Sinai is one of those mountains called Mount Horeb. They're on this mountain. This What's on the mountain? Dust, bushes, dirt, rocks. All kinds of animals, they on the mountain. So how can God now tell Moses, take off your feet to your shoes from your feet? Because this is holy ground. How can he call it holy ground if it's just a mountain range? Because anywhere God's name is called upon, anywhere where God's love is felt, anywhere where God's communion is taking place has to be considered holy ground. What time is it? Oh my. Oh my. Uh, it's in the text. It's in the text. And until we start treating it like that, you ain't getting no blessings. Take your shoes off your place, off your feet. For the place whereon you stand is holy ground. Why, Lord? Verse 6. Moses said, I mean, moreover, he said, this is God, I am the God of your fathers. Y'all see that? I am the God of thy father. I am the God of Abraham. I am the God of Isaac. I am the God of Jacob. What does he mean? He's trying to let him know that that spiritual ancestry that you connected with, I'm their God. I'm their God. He's trying to tell you, I'm the God. He could have said, I'm the God of Adam. I'm the God of Noah. But why did he start with the God of Abraham? Because Abraham got the promise that everybody will be redeemed in his son, which is going to wind up being Jesus Christ. That's why he started with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, because the promise is going through the nation of Israel. Oh, that's a whole nother sermon right there. I made you with that. I'm about that. I mean, but, but that's what's going on right here. He's trying to let, let Moses know that I'm the same God that you heard about who dealt with your great-grandfather Jacob. I'm the same God that they told you about that dealt with your great-great-great-great-grandfather Isaac. I'm the same God that you heard about. I know Moses had to hear about the promise. 
Because every day, that's how they gave, that's how his story got passed on. Orally back then. We call it his story written. Back then it was oral. Moses heard this stuff, but he's trying to let them know I'm that I'm the God of Abraham. And watch the text now. Then he said, and Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. What are you saying, preacher? I'm saying when God begins to work in your life, reverence him more. Oh, y'all didn't get that. Y'all didn't get that. I don't care whether you think it's bad stuff. Do you believe that all things work together for good? When God begins to work in your life and you believe it is God, start reverencing God. Moses, when he said, I'm the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, that thing flooded Moses' mind so much that this is the God of my fathers, that he got scared and hid himself from it. The next time you think about doing something you know you ain't got no business doing, just tell yourself, I'm about to sin against the father of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Jeremiah, Isaiah, David, Paul, Peter, Luke, James, John the Revelator. I'm about to sin against that God. And if that's not enough, then you tell yourself, and if God was to crack the sky right now, if this is the day he comes, where am I at right now? Now, let me help you out. If you have not sinned, you're able to turn around. You can be fine. Amen. Amen. Now, if you're in sin, you got to get that right. Yes, sir. Repent and turn around and then get it right. That's right. But what I'm trying to tell you overall is, but if you're not dead, if you're not dead, you can repent. Oh, y'all, oh, I thought y'all was, I thought y'all was going to love that right there. And I thought y'all was going to oh, thank you, Lord. If you're not dead, and you still got breath in your body, you still got another chance to get that thing right. That is show enough good news right there. Amen. They don't even know when to shout me. They don't even know when to make noise, man. I tell you. Watch this. Seven. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people, which are in Egypt, and have heard their cry by reason of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. Keep going, Claymore. What does it say? Eight. And I, and I have come uh-huh. to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians, uh-huh. and to bring them up out of the, that land unto a good land. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Go ahead, go ahead. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. Huh, right there. I know Moses would get excited. I know milk and honey. 
He gonna rescue my people, his people, us. He gonna take us out of the land of Egypt. He gonna take us to a better place, a good place, a wonderful place. He about to do something great in our lives. See, everybody will say, we need to do better around here. We need more teachers. We need better transportation. We need everybody to step up. We, we need to get the building a little cleaner. We need to move the kitchen from the right to the left. We need to expand the parking lot. We, we, we'll say all that, and we'll preach about it, and everybody get excited. Tell them, preacher. Tell them, yeah. Say that again. Yeah, we need that, too. We need that, too. We need that, too. You just like Moses here in the first part. You just like Moses. Here in the first part, meaning, yes, Egypt needs to be free. Egypt needs to be rescued. Take us away. Give us milk and honey. Take us and give us the land of Canaan. It's going to be wonderful. But now, therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel is coming to me, and I have also seen the oppression wherewith the Egyptians oppressed them. Come now, therefore, and I will send you. The church needs you. And 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 you. And you. And you. It all begins with one person making a difference. And if you're doing work, I ain't beating you up. I thank God for you. But you ain't the only one fighting this fight. All of us got to be in this thing together. He told Moses, Moses, I'm sending you, and I'm going to send you to Pharaoh, that thou mayest bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. Claymore, verse 11, what Moses say? What's his response to God? And Moses said unto God, who am I? Right. <laughs> why me? <laughs> why, 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 why me? Just now when I was pointing at folk, they were ducking. <laughs> and looking away. <laughs> Why me? Why you? Because whatever talent you have, God gave it to you. God gave. And he didn't just give it to you to sit around and do nothing. He gave it to you to step up and do some great things. Oh, let me finish reading here. And those of you who are doing I'm not working on y'all who doing it. But those who, who need to step a little bit more. Now, I am working on you if you're a five-talent Christian and using one. Amen. Amen. If you bring, I got one. I am the um, director of um, the bus ministry. <laughs> okay, that's good. But if God gave you five talents, then that's four more. Y'all got that? And I am talking about you if you got one, if you're using one, but you got three talents. Amen. Well, let's use the Bible. Say, if you got two talents, yeah. then you got to find a place to use both of those talents. Yeah. And wait a minute. And don't halfway use your gift. Amen. I was walking around here this morning, and I was not a happy preacher. I was not a happy elder at all. Why? Classes ain't starting on time. Classes starting late. Right. Folk can't get to the house or they get to work on time. I, I wasn't happy. I'm just letting you know. 
I said, where in the world is going on? We got gifts and talents that must be used for the glory of God. And don't you know, teachers, whoever you are, if you're not down there, the kids don't play right. They know I don't know what class they belong in. And they know I don't know. One of them walked past me three times a day. I couldn't even say nothing to them. I'm just looking at them. I'm just looking at them. Looking at them. I said, at the end, I said, what class you in? They said, that one. <laughs> See, but wait a minute. But you got to understand Moses' hesitancy. Because God is calling him out to do a job. And Moses basically saying, like we say sometimes, why are you pointing at me? Why is it my job? Watch this. Watch the text. I'm almost done. Look at somebody. I heard somebody say, you can stop the sermon now. No, no. You have five more minutes now. You have five more minutes now. Watch this. Watch this. Here it is. And he said here, come now therefore and I will send you to Pharaoh. Oh, oh, verse 11. And Moses said unto God, who am I? That I should go unto Pharaoh. And that I should bring the children of Israel out of Egypt. Now he's saying, show enough. Not me. First he said, who am I? Now he's saying, who am I to do this job? Oh, church. Watch the text. And he said, certainly, that God talking to him now, I'm going to be with you. I'm going to be, if you have to get up out your bed early in the morning to drive that bus, I understand you just get the weekends to chill. We got that. I know everybody who get up 6 a.m. every morning or 5.30 every morning, love that weekend to sleep in until the last second. God knows that. But God knows his kingdom has to get ready for his coming. He knows souls need to be here. Amen. So I know you get up, you're scratching your eyes, you're looking at the clock because you got to go two hours earlier than everybody else. But let me tell you something about God. God keeps a record of that. He loves, let me tell you about God, I got to go. He, the more you sacrifice, God, he, right, he got you. He got, when I had to pull in some substitute teachers this morning, God wrote their name down. Yeah. Yeah. I know you plan to do something else. He wrote your name down. When, uh, when, 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 when uh, uh, the bus called and, and said they were having uh, uh, trouble or, or was happening with the transportation, God wrote their name down for those who are sacrificing. Because it only takes one person to make a change. One person to make, oh, Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy. Lord. I'm cutting it out. Watch the text. And he said, certainly, God said, I'm going to be with you. And this shall be a token unto you. I'm going to give you a sign just in case you think I don't got you. He said, I will give you a token unto thee that I will send thee when thou hast brought forth the people out of Egypt. Ye shall serve God upon this mountain. He said, watch it. Will you bring it? He said, I'm telling you, you're leaving this mountain. And my token to you is, I guarantee you, you're going to be back at this mountain. And Moses said unto God, well, Claiborne,
What is his name? Mm -hmm. What shall I say? Look at that. See, when you're going through struggles in your life and God trying to work with you and the devil scare you, and the devil mess with you, don't be afraid to speak a name for God. Amen. Don't be afraid to tell the story of Jesus. See, sometimes when we're going through our, th see, oh, I'm going to shut my Bible. See, some of you would get your blessings more if when you're going through your stuff, when you get in your car, you don't put on if I was his woman. When you get in your car, you don't put in that I just want to party all the time. Some of you would be better when you get in your car and you don't put on, you know, drop it down and spin it around. See, oh, y'all don't got me. You are going to the wrong stuff. Some folk, I tell you, some of y'all, I got in y'all cars and heard some stuff. And I'm like, well, I'm not saying this is a, I ain't saying this is a sin. But I am saying this ain't going to get you where you want to go. When we get in each other's cars, let it be that you're listening to stuff that can take you to where you want to go. Let, let it be some, some God on there. Let it be some Jesus on there. Let it be some positive stuff on there. So you can get to you want to go. See, you don't understand it's got to go, but you don't understand if you are going through struggles and you're listening to stuff that you know can't come to pass, if, 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 if I was her man, don't you know you feeding yourself and you feeding this foolishness in, you're feeding this foolishness in, you're feeding this, foolishness in, you're, feeding this foolishness in, you're getting depression, getting low, you're getting down, ain't nobody for me, I ain't never gonna find the right girl, I've been out here, I'm tired of being single, I'm tired of doing this, I'm tired of doing that. That ain't helping. That ain't helping. Just go do. Moses said, God, God, when I get to Pharaoh, what am I going to tell? When he say, who sent me, what am I going to say? Now, if y'all finish reading that, he can tell him to tell him that I, I am have sent you. Now you can go to the next excuse. Oh, I, I can't talk. I, I can't talk like that. But I, I, I stutter. Church, I'll close out with this. It only takes one person to change their circumstances. One person to make a difference. One person to glorify and magnify God. One. Will that be you? Will you answer? Will you? God called you already. Will you answer the call now? Will you say, I'm going to use my talent for God and go up to the ministry leaders and tell us? Tell Claymore you'll work with him and tell me you'll work with me and Fred, you'll tell, tell all of it. That's good. I want to work. What can I do? And, and, and wait a minute. And don't be upset if we say 
Well, in this, I don't believe I can use you in what I'm doing right here. Don't be, ah, I, uh, everybody, uh, uh, ain't no big eyes and little you. I can use everybody. No. Amen. Then God would not have said I gave them gift differing according to my will. Right. He would not have made that statement that I gave you a specific gift. Now, if you got five of them, I gave you these five. Yeah. Not six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Those five. If we gave you one, I gave you that one. Don't be mad because this person got five and you got one. Use your one to God's glory. And let us help you. And if we can't use you over here, don't stop. Don't go around oh, and use me. Find another. Go to another ministry. We got 55 ministries. Go to another until you find your niche. And when you find it, use it to the glory of God. Church. When you come here, you're on holy ground. Amen. Whenever we come here, this is holy ground. Amen. Let's start magnifying God so God can bless us. Is that all right? Amen. Now, if you're out there and you're subject to the Savior's invitation, you're on holy ground right now. Here's what God wants you to do on this holy ground. If you haven't obeyed the gospel, he wants you to be saved. How do you become saved? You hear God's word, believe God's word, repent of your sin and confess your faith and get yourself baptized into Christ. That's it. And then be faithful unto death. Church, we are a great church. Amen. Amen. No, that, that, that wasn't enough amen. Church, you got to believe this. You have to believe that there's greatness in you. Not the 20 that said amen. Let's try this again. Church. We are a great church. Amen. Yes, we are. Yeah, you got to believe this. And this is holy ground. And if you're out there, you need to repent. Won't you come and repent? If, if you, if you want to obey the gospel, the Bible says, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Come obey the gospel. But whatever you want to do, do it recognizing that you're doing it on holy ground. Won't you do it right now as we all stand and sing this hymn of invitation to give somebody out there the opportunity to obey God. And deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore. You are a child of the king. You are the son and daughter of the most high God who can do anything, anytime. Take it to God in prayer. Just say, Father God, in the name of Jesus, help me to overcome. Help me to serve you. Help me to be victorious. Help me to do your will with all your heart. You can do it. Lift it even me when nothing else could help. Lift